Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet, and today I have some lovely guests with me. Uh, one of them is a returning guest. The rest are new. So these are the lovely gentlemen from the Haram Life podcast, Mr. Reef and Mr. Legend. Let us start with Legend first, because you and I are new at meeting. So how are you, my dear? I'm good. Thank you for having us on. Appreciate it. I am super excited to talk to you guys today. Mr. Reef, how are you doing, love? I'm doing great. Like I mentioned before, this is where I pop my podcast virginity. So there's always a place in my heart here. I am super excited. <laughs> I get to claim the title of popping your cherry. Although not I wish that the first girl that slept with me said that. <laughs> it lasted like two seconds. <laughs> That's okay. I was married to that for a long time, so it was seven though, seven seconds. It's a little little premature for premature jokes, isn't it? (laughs) It's never too early. No, no. So let me ask you a question. How did you guys get together and decide you were going to start your show? For people that don't know you. Well, we always wanted to start a show. Me and me and Legend wanted to start a show because we always had conversations that would last like all night. And then we'd call each other and come back to the conversation. And then uh, we started originally that had the idea about a podcast. We were like, let's do a conspiracy podcast. And then we were like, you know what? We're not that smart. So <laughs> let's just do what we're good at and having good conversations. We actually are pretty bright. But, you know, I don't think that the level of conversations that we have will sell to just a very small niche of people. So we were like, you know what? We should just have conversations that we have and invite our friends on. And we just decided to do it one day and it took off. Mm-hmm. Now we're like 32 episodes in. You know what? That's my favorite kind of conversation to have though. That's my favorite kind of show where it's just like organic and you can talk about whatever and it doesn't have to be serious or political or any of that stuff. So, yeah. so legend, how, how did you guys meet and tell me a funny story? about my friend that was actually a babysitting story yep and uh like i said we 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 can't we cannot come up with the exact dates i want to say it was oh three or oh four um either way i was definitely doing something i shouldn't have been doing but remember i I met i met on a swing set (laughs) i met this beautiful little baby bird beautiful uh, from monmouth and uh i was talking to one of arif's buddies and he's like, oh, yeah, come up. I got a couple buddies over. You know, we're doing our thing. I said, I got a girl with me. Can I can I bring her through? He's like, yeah, yeah, bro, bring her through. So I was like, all right. So we rolled up to this party. And, yeah, we had intentions to go out to the uh, to the Jersey Shore that night. Mm-hmm. And uh, I roll in. The first kid I see sitting there in a, uh, in a near Jets crew neck sweatshirt and a union hat on is Reef sitting at the end of the table. I'm like, oh, what's up, buddy? Like a typical North Jersey jerk off. Barely said a word. He was just like, you know, gave me the old head nod. I was like, oh, so- this fucking guy. Yeah, exactly. Give me one of those. What so am I, I supposed to do? This gargantuan Italian comes in, you know, all so- glistening out, tanned up, hair standing up with all types of products. What do you want me to do? So the real Jersey Shore kind of oh, guy. Forget it. This guy came in. <laughs> the only thing he was missing was frosted tips. Yeah, no frosted tips. Thank God. Thank God. I would have never got over that. So anyways, I... uh yeah, we, you know, we rolled into the party. Everyone's, you know, drinking, having a good time. And uh, I was like, listen, I'm like, we're going to stay here all night. You guys want to come out with us? So they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll come out. You know, we'll go out, whatever. 
So I, I remember busting Reese Bowles. Like, yo, bro, you're not wearing the, the Jets crew neck out, are you? He's like, oh, go fuck yourself, bro. He's like, I, I got a shirt in the car. He had a bull. Yeah, I'll, I'll never forget. He had a black V-neck. So I think right there, that was kind of like the icebreaker. He was like, oh, this kid's actually busting my balls already. This might be a good night, whatever. So we drive over and uh, we, we go to the bamboo. And I remember we all went in. We, we start ordering drinks. And I look over to Reef because he looked like a trustworthy guy. I said, bro, do me a favor. You mind babysitting this girl tonight? while I uh, go around Seaside and say hello to all my girlfriends. <laughs> and he looked at me like as if I was joking. <laughs> Mind you, I was a different person back then, all right? Yeah. I don't want to be judged for this. He's so he looks at me. He goes, he goes, bro, if you leave your girl here with me, I'm taking her home. I looked at him. I go, bro, this is going to be the cheapest babysitting job I ever paid for in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and I ordered her a fishbowl and... I think whatever Reef was drinking, you know, kettle and club, ordered him a drink. I said, all right, I'll be back. And he just looked at me like this kid's out of his fucking mind. So anyways, that's like 1130 p.m. I think I rolled up back at the bamboo around two mm-hmm. and I walk in and I see this kid's face and he's miserable and he's just got <laughs> this look at his face. And I walked over. I go, how'd you do with my daughter tonight? He goes, bro, she hasn't stopped talking about you. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> and then that was it. That was it. Literally, we went back to, to his buddy's place and I wound up getting his number. And I was like, bro, we'll definitely hang out next time, you know, next time I'm down. Because I was I think I was still living in upstate New York. Yeah, yeah, you were. And that and then that was pretty much it. And then summer turned into fall. And next thing I know, he was inviting me down to, to go out to the sound factory, took me to uh, you know, or yeah, I think it was Crowbar. New York time. City Clubs, yeah. Yeah, it took me on the New York City Clubs, and that was it. Yep. The rest Crunch was history. Yep. Yep. Pretty much. And, All from, and I'm um, trying to pick up his girl. And I'm sure that the two of you have not done anything to get in trouble together ever. Never. You know, I mean, nothing that has been documented. We have <laughs> no paper trail. There is no paper trail. No, we're not. We're not like the Clintons. All right. No, <laughs> no emails. No nothing. We did only face to face communicating. That's no cigar it. stuff under the desk or anything. Nothing. 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 Oh. We've been straight Absolutely edge for nothing. Almost 20 See? years now. I'm I'm waiting for the stories and they're just not coming. I'm I'm upset about that. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a lot of put it this way. If anything happens to me, Reef knows where my safe is and what river to put it in the bottom of. Actually, and that's a true story. Switch. I'm not. If I'm something not kidding. happens. I got the dead man switch. I want all the info <laughs> released. <laughs> I want the made for TV movie. I want. Yeah, the- no, you won't see mine on Lifetime. You'll see Reefs. Yeah, you'll never see mine. <laughs> I'd like to narrate that story. If Morgan Freeman doesn't, you know, falls through, then we definitely, you definitely take you next. Good, good. <laughs> a good one. I always wanted to be secondhand. <laughs> so, so tell me, how did you guys pick the name for your show, and what is the meaning behind it? Well, Haram, the Haram Life was a closing company. I started with my co- cousin, like maybe 15 years ago that never ma- never amounted to anything it was just the haram haram means sinful in uh in like islam so when mm-hmm. something's haram it's like sinful and my cousins growing up called me haram arif because that was my name so my nickname was haram so everybody go haram arif haram haram my grandmother called me haram everybody called me haram so my whole life growing up fuck we're like you know we need a podcast name we'll just call it the haram life and yeah it was easy to about, get behind I, I, yeah. I like the meaning so i mean that's pretty much what we talk about simple stuff simple stuff that people don't really talk about so 
it could be taboo, sinful, whatever it is, but it seems to work and it works with our brand. So we decided to run with it. I <laughs> like that. And you know, we were talking before the show about um, a certain topic that I definitely want to talk to you guys about because there's so much, I don't know, like dirty air around the topic of like uh, traditional family roles and things like that. And, you know, all the males are toxic and you got me, I think females are toxic. There's a lot of toxic femininity that I can't stand. So I really want to get into that with you guys. So how do you feel about traditional family roles as far as male and female? You want want me to take it? Yeah, go ahead. I I can kick it off. So I think this whole construct of titles uh, anyways is completely ridiculous Mm -hmm. because I think that in certain families, certain uh, dynamics work and in certain Mm -hmm. families, uh, certain dynamics obviously don't work. Right. Uh, obviously, I I like the traditional family. Um, I like the extended family. I like the fact that you know there's still households that have grandma involved and mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know mom and dad. But at the end of the day, the nuclear family is is very important, and I think that's you know that is definitely best. Um, but you know there are certain situations now where you know no one's able to make it anymore. And jobs just don't pay the same amount. And now you have wives that are going out into the workforce that has also now completely changed the dynamic, right? Mm-hmm. So now you have women that are going out there and they're working, which I also think works. I know that I know that that's been like the new trend on, on topics where everyone's talking about, oh, women that are going out, they're making money, they're this and that and the other thing. And, you know, they're getting attention from work boyfriends and all this crazy shit. Like depending on what show you turned on, it seems like everyone has an opinion. And mm-hmm. I just think that there shouldn't be any labels on anything. I think there's a lot of different dynamics that work for specific people. And I don't know why we keep trying to put things into boxes, especially mm-hmm. in 2023. It doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> there's a lot of boxes in 2023. Right. <clears throat> right. So, so given <clears throat> like your life situation, do you have that um, traditional role at your house? So, I've always like just in general, I've always been very hands on whether I had a kid or didn't have a kid. Like mm-hmm. I'm an I'm a knee freak. I'm anal. I like to do housework. I had an Italian mother. <laughs> you know, I, I like to clean up. I like to do laundry. I like to cook. I like to do all this shit. I don't need a woman in my house to say, oh, you know, these are not my roles. This is like this is what I do. Mm-hmm. So if I bring someone into my into my life and obviously my wife and we get engaged and then we get married. Why would what I like to do and the way I like to function change because there's some kind of traditional role around it, mm-hmm. right? So there's been right. times where obviously I've been out there and I've been in corporate America and my wife was home. She didn't, you know, she basically was a student at home. Mm-hmm. There's been times where both of us have worked and I've been in corporate America and she was a nurse. And then there were times where she stopped being a nurse, uh, obviously during the, the, the COVID stuff. Um, where she wasn't going to get vaccinated and I started my own business and then I worked and now we're in a new state, you know, three kids later, she works a traditional nine to five where she's in corporate America, where she's a, she's a medical device rep. And now I'm at home with the kids all day and I, I still run a marketing company. So 
it's completely changed. <laughs> if I had to fit that into a box, what kind right. of fucking idiot would I be? Yeah. I'd say, okay, can't, can't stay at home with kids, can't make money, can't do this, can't do that. You can't go anywhere. It just it doesn't make sense. So, yeah, mm -hmm. so I'm – I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm not traditional, right, because it's not just – the man out making money, working nine to five or nine to six and, you know, not taking care of his kids and being hands on with his kids and then coming home and, you know, hanging out with his kids for two hours and then everyone goes to bed. So, yeah, we don't have that. If that is everyone's definition of traditional. So, so, so what about you, Reef, given I know what your current situation is, but in the past, like how did you approach things? I, I think I was raised more, you know, traditional, same thing. Like legend said, I like to do all the same things. I did everything on my own anyway. So mm -hmm. when somebody came in, I, I wanted a woman to add value and not just, just be a traditional home home wife. I just wanted someone that brought me peace. Mm -hmm. That's what I still look for now. Somebody to bring right. me peace. But now in like my explanations in single life, you know, as my, I feel like I'm a Nat Geo, like studying the North American whore, you know, and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> the the Noah, the Northern Noah, you know. And I I totally get that though because uh, as a woman, and I can totally say this, I think women are batshit nuts for the most part anymore. And it's like, well, they've always been, but worse. It's worse. <laughs> it's way worse. And they're very. It's like people want to fight, and you know, like you can't have a normal calm conversation we have to raise voices and follow you around the house and you know well, well to, to that point it's it's like this like the nation is suffering from like what we call racial fatigue so mm -hmm. the powers that be needed something else so all of a sudden you right. see these podcasters all of a sudden toxic trad wife red pill mm -hmm. red pill was what we used to do talk about back in the day it was red mm -hmm. pill like just talking about awaking now it became a toxic masculinity thing which made no sense Mm -hmm. You know, so it all of a sudden that popped up out of nowhere. So it's like, as you see all the forces that you see with all these like, you know, right side men, toxic men and toxic women is being kind of like put to the forefront by the powers that be. Mm -hmm. And they're creating these conversations that really don't make sense because like Legend said, you can't really put things in a box and you can't right. generally speak on it because you just don't know everybody's situation. And there is no generally speaking when it comes to a relationship. It mm -hmm. literally <laughs> is something that that cookie cuts and fits exactly for your what you were looking for so like when you start following these people like you want to be top g like andrew tate like okay you you could smash a lot of bitches sure you can get laid a lot you can do all that shit but what what value does that bring to you to right. be rude to women i mean i've been with with a number of women in my life i've never ever seen me being a only two asshole. in case only your two. mom's yeah. listening only yep. two mm -hmm. only two but i've never seen being completely toxic how it benefits you at all we were right. always respectful to the women we hung out with. You can actually ask the women, even if you know they might have whatever opinions about us, but they can tell you like we've been nothing but respectful to them, mm -hmm. and we've always given them a time, like a chance to talk. We never told them shut up or act like any treat them any type of way. So now, but what you're seeing now is the rise of like both toxic, be a dick, be a cunt, be this. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like it 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 makes no sense, and it's leading to very difficult conversations. You know what? It's almost like it's almost like grade school, right? Remember, yeah. like back yeah. in the day, it was like, "Hey, if you want a girl, like you got to be mean to her." Like these are these are traditional things that were said. I remember mm -hmm. watching movies growing up, like, "Oh, if you really like a girl, you have to act like a dick to her." Yeah. <laughs> and it's like that didn't even happen. Like even when I was in grade school, like no. you're not really mean to the girl you like. You're just awkward around her. 
and it was like vice versa. Like you, yeah. know, you see these movies, like, like I never punched the girl in the face that I liked in third grade. That's a fucking <laughs> yeah. Don't thing. do that. Bad idea. Buy a girl yeah. a bag and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it's it honestly, it's facade attracting facade because I think Correct. now everyone's mm-hmm. trying to be someone that they're really not because they think that this is what is going to get you in a meaningful relationship. So you have fraud going after fraud. It's it's right. crazy. It's actually fucking crazy. And I'm glad right. that I'm married because I'm absolutely clean up in this era. Well, that's what I was going to say, like, especially for you, Reef. what is it like trying to date right now? Because I, I've been out of the dating pool for a super long time. And I can't imagine, like, if I had to get back into that right now, I, I don't think I'd want to. <laughs> no, it's 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 like I make the reference, like I was in The Walking Dead, like I I I was out in a coma, and then I woke up to this new world where mm-hmm. like all these demons are out there now. But mm-hmm. it's it's to to be honest with you, it's not a lot of people's fault because a lot of women have felt com- from what I've talked to women, they felt comfortable with being alone at this point. Mm-hmm. From leading to the pandemic, like, and then like going on a date from a lot of them, they're not really being bitches. They just going on a date to them is a lot. And it's like, mm-hmm. then it's not worth it for them to go out and get ready and do this. And, you know, it's not something they, they really aspire to do, even as they're approaching the danger zone in their mid thirties, you know, they're just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, you know truly, think about it. They've got a lot more at their, like everyone does, right? Yeah. Everyone has more at their hand now. There's more instant access. There's more on demand. Mm-hmm. And you know, every, everyone knows, listen, there's times where even if you're in a committed like relationship and you're married, there's some times where you want to wake up the, the next day and you just want to binge watch Netflix and not be fucking bothered. And I can only imagine what it's like to have to get up and get away from that environment to go out with a complete stranger, someone that chances are is just going to waste your time, right? It's not really mm-hmm. going to be anything meaningful and you're doing it over and over again. Obviously, you can yep. go out on 100 dates before you meet the right person. So mm-hmm, I understand right. why, why anyone, men and women, don't really want to go out. Like Reef, for example, we, we've joked about this. It's like, he might go out on a Wednesday night, but he's like, dude, I'd rather fucking sit home and bullshit with you guys and do a podcast. Like, yeah. think about that for a second. And instead of wanting to go out and try to get laid or maybe meet the, the, the girl of his dreams, he'd rather sit around and hang out with his bunch of buddies. And that's, mm-hmm. not, a, that's, not, that's not a testament of him being a jerk off that's a testament of what's out there is not worth going. Right. Yep. Right. That's crazy to me to add on what I was talking about before. And also now in the workplace, like legend was saying, women are making money and you know, women date up. So a Mm -hmm. lot of women are making the same as men and in their eyes, they're like, Oh, if I'm making a hundred thousand, I need a man to make a hundred thousand, but not too many people are making a hundred thousand, you know? And chances are now, if you're a woman, you're probably going to start making more than men now too, because corporate America is filled with women more. So, Can I say that that's the dumbest shit on the planet too? Mm-hmm. That women yeah. want to date up because you you've already established in your head that yours is yours and his is yours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, that's what you've established. Instead yep. of saying, "Listen, this is both of us going in. We can buy a, we can get a house, we can get a beach house, we can get any cars we want." Like we're putting our shit together. They're not thinking like that because this is all brand new for them, right? They're being told every which way, "Hey, you need to date up. You need to go after someone." that is going to take you, you to deserve more. Yeah. Right. 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 You deserve it because mm-hmm. why wow, you work this hard. So you should have somebody in your same level, but yeah. the reality statistics and everything else don't add up to your level. So, well, and think of, think about that too. 
like think about the amount of people that you could be missing out on who could be your actual, you know, soulmate in life just because you put them in a classification where they didn't make enough money or my favorite. And this, I don't get this. You had said something about it earlier is women going, well, um, he has to be six foot tall or taller or I won't date him. Yeah. Uh, Why? Because they wear heels once a year. You just eliminated a whole entire class of people that could have been a, a great fit for you, but you limited that because they're not tall enough. Yeah, that's why I have a great personality. I have no choice. <laughs> that's not the only reason. You have it's, a great it's, it's honestly, <laughs> honestly, I truly believe that height is just one of those things that I, I don't know how you can put that into um, – the category of being attracted to something. I like, don't I understand. Get it you know what I mean? Like that's almost, that's almost like saying like, I, I got to be with a girl that's super tight. It's got to make me feel good. <laughs> that's how well, I feel about it. It's, it's true. And like the, the, the things that people say, like with the dating crowd, because people always call me and they're like, I want a relationship like you have, like I can't have it. Okay. What are your, what are your needs? Or desires and it's like either the height thing or he has to be super tan he has to have you know uh brown hair green eyes whatever and i'm like okay yeah but like, and the, and why most, is that a thing and most of the time they're asking for all these standards right they, they want you to make all these checklists but what do mm-hmm. you have to offer oh mm-hmm. you cooking clean bitch i do that too what else do you do? What do you, what else can you offer me? What do you do? And it's never an answer. Like when I ask him, like, well, what do you think that you offer a man, a high value man, quote unquote, why well, cook, I clean. Um, you know, I work really hard. I, you know, I'm, I'm level headed. I'm, I'm like, you're describing a man right now. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So let tell me what you offer. Does anybody say I just, I'm peaceful. I'll support you. You know, nobody mm-hmm. says that everything can is I, like, can oh, I just I'm diligent. I work really hard. <laughs> working hard. I've, I've actually, have you actually ever met a nice girl, like a really nice, good yes. girl that's yes. ever given you a list like this though? Because I haven't. No, not a nice and, girl. And the, no. You know what I'm saying? The girls no. that have ever, like I, I've honestly maybe heard maybe two or three of them, like give me their list. One of them was like half joking, like, you know, like kind of like, and she, she, she actually wound up marrying a kid. It's like five, four and he's bald and he's got a small dick. I heard. Right. <laughs> Pause. But so I know she was joking. And then the other girl was like, I think it was like what her friends kind of told her and like what she was kind of regurgitating. And then there was one that I truly did believe her list and she's a piece of shit and she's still single and she's not. Married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But because I think she's a rotten person. And I think that that comes out when she has these conversations with the men that she's talking to. So I mm-hmm. think when you hear about these lists and stuff, I think those women are just doomed and men too. Cause there, there are men, there's actually yeah. more men with some crazy lists. Cause I've heard them myself and these people wind up single for a long, long time until they meet someone that's in the same boat as them. And they're holding on to a life raft because now their life is passing them by. And now all their vanity is gone because now they look like shit. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's where it winds up. Yep. It's yeah, true. But, and, and then, sorry, Jen. Go ahead. Well, I was adding to that. Like, and then certain people chase this quote unquote high value man, but that's like the 1% of the population. And then they get caught up in these circles of like rich men who are just cheating on everybody because that's mm-hmm. the type of man they are. 
And then they mm -hmm. want that type of man. And these women get caught up in those circles being passed around by all these rich men. And then they end up, that's it. Their, their youth is gone chasing mm -hmm. this man who doesn't stay faithful because he's always chasing a younger woman. Right. And, that, and that's what happens. They're looking for this guy, this millionaire. But millionaires are not the greatest people in the world. They're the reason mm -hmm. why they're millionaires. You know? Listen, there, I think it's I think it's 0.7% of the population makes over $350,000 a year. Yeah. So besides mm -hmm. the fact that you're chasing an absolute unicorn, you're 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 just you're picking from a pool that's pretty much non-existent. Exactly. And, right. and it's you and all these other people going after the same thing when realistically you need to kind of temper your expectations and I think that is the true key to happiness is having no expectations whatsoever. But you need to start judging and 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 dating based on is the person just a good person that you yeah. can see raising like can you leave them alone with your kids one day if you have them right you know that your kids are going to be good people because that's their father and, and mm -hmm. vice versa you have to say the same thing as men when you look at women and i think mm -hmm. that nowadays everyone is so caught up in this this social media bullshit that mm -hmm. everyone, like I said, is just looking at everyone's everyone's looking at each other's masks, right? We're trying to yeah. figure out which which mask is pretty. But at the end of the day, you have no idea if there's a monster underneath that mask or a real genuine person because everyone's so fucking afraid to be themselves. It's crazy to me. Well, think about it. You're demonized to be yourself. Yeah. You know? Maybe that's why I have so many haters because <laughs> uh, I I am one of those people, like I've never had a list. I've never had like any of that stuff. My thing was always somebody that's genuine and decent and, and compatible with me, you know? And it's like, even, and I know this may sound really weird to some people, but like our church was just doing this series on family and friends and they're going through this relationship advice. And my husband and I are looking at each other going, these people must like fight literally all the time. We right. never have disagreements. We never have arguments. It's calm. It's peaceful. We never feel like we have to get away from each other. We just enjoy the calm of our household. And it's like this whole thing is, well, you're going to fight. You, you're you're going to have those disagreements. You have to learn how to, you know, handle it. And you have to learn how to raise your kids and stuff. And for us, it was just easy kind of like we're the same person is it so just forgive me because obviously i'm coming in but is this your first marriage second marriage mm -mm, second yeah and what about him what the first, first one? marriage or second marriage your your husband oh your second husband. yeah okay second. so it's a perfect example right mm -hmm. you guys know exactly what you will not oh, deal with what you will not put up with yeah. And that is why you guys are the best versions of yourself now, yeah. whether your other marriage is, is no longer because it was you or your spouse, it doesn't matter. Right. You now know exactly what you want. You know what you won't tolerate. You know right. what you won't put up with and you know what to appreciate more too now. Mm -hmm. So and it, it's like communication is so easy and right. being vulnerable. There's nothing about me that he doesn't know right. and vice versa. Yeah, it's the way it and, should be. Yeah. And I think a lot of people forget that like communication and vulnerability element when they get in, uh, even if they're just dating somebody, it's like uh, they're afraid to be vulnerable or afraid to be genuine and authentic because they don't want people to use whatever is said against them. Which is crazy. Me personally, I don't care. Right. 
Right. What you see is what you get. <laughs> exactly. And, and you're not, and you're supposed to have that safety around your significant other that they're not right. going to use something against you. Cause if they are, they're a piece of shit. Yeah. You know and that. That's an automatic but, red flag. If they start bringing up shit that you spew to them in, you know, right. in private and in a fight, they go, well, you did this and this and this. And then that's right. That's <clears> when you should, that's it. That's when you pack it up and go. Cause it's only going to get worse. Right. Agreed. Right. And you know, it's funny. We just talked about this earlier. And we, we talked about these other shows, right? Top G and, you know, these man show and all this crazy shit. But mm -hmm. one of the one of the newest things they've been pushing and Reef knows how I am very open book with my wife and I'm a very emotional person. I wear my heart on my sleeve like I don't you I just don't have multiple switches. You either get me good or you get me bad. That's it. Mm -hmm. But what I've noticed in a lot of these other podcasts and these YouTubers and all this shit, they're telling men. Don't cry in front of your girl. Don't let her no, see weakness I, and all this crazy shit. Like as if somehow, some way, she's going to get the upper hand on you because she sees you in a moment of weakness. And let's just get rid of the whole theory that a man that cries is weak. Because I think a man that's able to show his emotions, especially to his girl, and have these open conversations with, it, with her is the strongest you can get. I you know, agree. 100%. Yeah, I think that if – she does you wrong. Being a stronger man is just packing up and being strong to not let it affect you after that. Like, yeah. just, if she wants to be a piece of shit, you still, you still are who you are. Mm -hmm. right? You can't help somebody else. Right. right. You're absolutely it's right. It's true. It's true. Yeah. And legend, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and the one thing about crying that people get wrong a lot is it's a way to release emotions. And so, that's your body's way of regulating things too. And so, you know, if you're emotionally angry or distraught or, you know, whatever, you know, it changes your heart rate. It changes all of that stuff. And that's your body's way of, of regulating and bringing things back down to normal. Yeah. I do it every night. Paul <laughs> <laughs> you cry yourself to sleep at night. Oh yeah. Every night. <laughs> well you know that and that's the other thing too like and i i actually love this movement i i've noticed that you start seeing a lot of these meme pages pop up where it basically shows men kind of having a breakdown in in their car right or they're crying mm -hmm. or whatever and it says yeah you know shout out to the kings we see you we appreciate you if you need it like it's kind of like been a, like a brotherly type community mm -hmm. And I just think it's funny because, you know, you see what, what happens with like veterans, right? You see the pain oh, yeah. that veterans are going through when they come Absolutely. home. There's no, listen, there's no difference in what men feel as far as pain is concerned. Pain is pain. Whether you were, you went to war and mm -hmm. you lost one of your buddies or you saw someone, you know, it's trauma, right? right. There's no difference than reef going through a divorce where he expected to be with this person for the rest of his life because mm -hmm. guess what that in its sense is war he went to that's an emotional warfare and, and and sometimes i think these people that have this emotional warfare are a lot worse i'd rather have the physical war than the emotional mm -hmm. war yeah. right because the physical war you can meet physical phys physicality with physicality mm -hmm. when it comes to emotional warfare <laughs> there's you're on your own like you're that's you in your own head with your own demons trying to figure right. out what the fuck is going on. Like you yeah. can't you can't solve it with your hands, right? You can't it, squeeze something. It is hard um to do that emotional work, you know, and to get your mind right so that you stop thinking, and that's the big thing with people with depression, anxiety, you know, loneliness, all of that stuff. It's your mindset that you need to change. 
Agreed. And, and even with, you know, physical pain, a lot of times it's your mindset. And if you work on that and change that, it puts things back into perspective and makes your life a hell of a lot simpler. I oh, agree. I, I agree. I totally. absolutely agree. I absolutely mm-hmm. agree. It's, it's, you know, when we go talking to relationships, it's like so many people take everything so like uh, personal. So even if you're mm-hmm. generally speaking, let's say if I'm talking to a girl, I'm just speaking generally, they automatically assume it's personal. So the response mm-hmm. is personal. The conversation can't get anywhere because it's personal. Right. So everything becomes an attack. Right. So when it's just like you can tell that they haven't looked in like we were saying, doing the work. Because right. if you were in bad relationships, you know this is one of the bad things. This is one of the red flags we're looking for here. We're just having a conversation and you're getting defensive. Well, and that's because, and and the reason why people do that and they put up that wall and immediately get, you know, defensive or, or just know that you're talking about them, right? Is because obviously there is some guilt in that person inside of them that brings up that memory of something that they did wrong absolutely. in a previous relationship. Absolutely. I can't see flashing lights anymore. Yeah. <laughs> or they will, or, or a lot of times people will bring like bad baggage from yeah. previous relationships into a current one and expect the other shoe to drop because their previous partner did something. So they know you're going to. You know, you know what I've heard on dates that were like, like crazy to me. Like I've heard the words, "Well, this is how I am, and that's just it. I've accepted it." And it's like, "Whoa, I just mm-hmm. met you, and you're just telling me this is it. This is who I am. So accept it or leave it." It's like mm-hmm. you don't even know what if you're too bad yet. That, but Reef, they don't even know what that means. That's exactly right. you're, you're exactly the mental midget. They yeah. don't understand what that means because if you truly believe that you're the same person you were when you're 10 years old and 20 years old, 27 years old and 35 years old. And the person you're going to be when you're 50 year olds are all the same people. You're out of your mind because Definitely. everything in life changes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Everything in life changes. Mm-hmm. I was, I was not a good person in my early twenties. Reef will tell you. I did some, same. Was, I wasn't I just, either. I was a woman. I was a I saint. <laughs> you did enough for me to put you in hell. <laughs> Just yeah, yeah. What do they call that in uh, co-conspirator? Like, what is it in legal terms? Uh, aiding and abetting. Yeah, aiding um, and abetting. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, every you can pretty I've much get so every many title. times. Yeah. Oh, I've lied so much over the years. Yeah, Just and I can in. I can say I am definitely not the same person that I was in my. 20s or 30s or 40s um you know and it's that constant like change and growth and evolvement into a, a better person agreed you know if you don't you change you die though. guys yeah, but you right. gotta want to change you die exactly yeah, right. you want you want to be a diff- you got to want to be a different person you got to see your shit that you're going through and mm-hmm. take a step back and be like all right you fucked up well sure mm-hmm. maybe your girl cheated on you or maybe something happened or whatever even the craziest thing that you can think of that's truly not right. your fault, somewhere in there is your fault. Right. Somewhere in there, you got to be like, listen, if I didn't grab this bitch from the beginning and listen and, and tell her the deal, I wouldn't be here. But instead, I was cucking around and letting her fucking do whatever she wants. You know? Mm-hmm. So now it's every day's responsibility that's there. And if the, one of the biggest things is you could see instantly in the single women right away is when they take a, they stand 10 toes down on something and they're like, nope, it was all him. And, you know, I just want to be me. 
And yeah. That's it. And see, that's live in a world thing. of no accountability. That's no accountability. Problem. Yeah. No and that's this, that's the thing that society breeds in people nowadays. Right. That's why I said, I don't, I would not want to go back in the dating pool like ever again in my life because I'm such a different person and I'm very unique in my ways. And, and, you know, like I know if I say something and it comes out the wrong way, I'm like, Oh, you know, God, forgive me. I apologize for doing that. Whatever. I didn't handle that very good, whatever. And other people don't have that accountability or that, that ability to like be introspective and be like, okay, I, I messed up. I didn't handle that very good. I should have so, so done hard that to do Sometimes that's why it is hard mm-hmm. to do sometimes. Yeah. I noticed that once, you know, and this, this comes with growth, but I want, I finally realized that it's actually easier to apologize and really mm-hmm. be remorseful for what you've done wrong than mm-hmm. it is to carry that you know that why we repent that aura about you where you're like oh, i didn't do anything wrong or right take, you know there's two people you know think about like like when you're a little kid right <laughs> when you're a little kid and you get yelled at instead of just facing up to it <laughs> and i'll never forget i'm thinking about how bad i was as a little kid like i was a fucking terror <laughs> but you remember when like your your parents would yell at you and you you, you basically you know there was company over and you stayed upstairs or you kind of stayed behind the wall and it took forever to come out. You remember how many deaths you die trying to come out to finally just say, hey, hi to the adults. Yeah. Yeah. Say hi to the adults. Like, hey, mm-hmm. guys, I just got yelled at. I'll be a piece yeah. of shit to my parents. And I remember that. And I, I just remember thinking my whole, you know, growing up, eventually, I don't even know when it happened, but there's a great quote and it said, you only lie when you're scared, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's nothing to be scared. When you do something wrong, you own up to it. You don't have to be yeah. scared. And then apologies become a lot easier. And now, I mean, Reef will tell you, I fucking. When I fuck up, I apologize. I apologize mm-hmm. probably more than anyone I know. And that's just how I am because I fuck up a lot. It's way <laughs> easier to do that than to sit right. down and try and hold, hold yourself at this higher, like, you know, you're trying to hold yourself up. Like, oh, takes two people. And listen, there's no one better at holding a grudge than me. And there's no better person than turning people off. I've done it to family. I've done it to friends. If you're a piece of shit and I think you're a piece of shit, I will turn you off. That's how I, <laughs> I will tell I, you. But if I think, if I think that there's somewhere in there that maybe I also am responsible for this, I'll say, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. But if you continue to be a piece of shit after I apologize or you can't apologize back, right. I can't, I can't fuck with those people. And right. I, Reef and I literally have one. I, I want to say maybe one fight. Our yeah. whole friendship. Yeah. And it so was it wasn't it was, over the Jets jersey. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, it's a, it was, it was, it was over a sensitive topic that we probably both should have never even engaged in it. But yeah. and it was a bad fight. I remember Reef leaving. But let me tell you something. I apologized. He also apologized, even though I feel like he really didn't do anything wrong. It was, it really was more me, but he still apologized. And that was the worst fight we ever had. And it lasted less than 12 hours. Yeah. That was it. That was the that was only it, time. Yeah. That's good though, because most people don't have that capability inside themselves to apologize or, or even recognize that they did something wrong in the first place. And it's always, you know, it's always someone else's fault but it takes two to have a conversation. Correct. Well, also, like, 
Like so Legend you said, were there too. <laughs> like what Legend said before, I can't walk mm -hmm. around and preach accountability and do all this shit if I'm not doing it on my own. I can't walk right. around like the cock of the walk if I'm acting like a dickhead. So right. I practice what I do. And we've always been that way. So when you see mm -hmm. what we are, this isn't an act. This isn't characters. This is who we are. Right. So we've always been this way. I can't tell someone to preach on a podcast, be accountable, do this if I'm not doing that. Right. Because that's going to come out. My personality will come out. I was going to say, I can't speak for legend, but I, I, Reef, I've known you for quite a while now. And I know that you're that kind of person, that you're that, you know, genuine, you know, what you see is what you get kind of person. That's just who you are. And yeah. I'm assuming legends probably the same way. Cause that's kind of what I pick up from you, but you know, it's, it's so much nicer to have a conversation with people like you who are real and genuine and down to earth and not pretending to be something that you're not, or, you know, obviously I don't think you guys are in it for uh, fame and fortune. No, but we will be fame. Famous and fortunate. fortunate. <laughs> well, you are fortunate. You're real fortunate. fortunate. Yeah. We will be famous one day. <laughs> you are definitely famous. <laughs> we are local liberties, right? Yeah, right. Liberties. Yeah. So, you guys, are you guys in the same area or no? No. Legends in North Carolina. I'm up in North oh, Jersey. I moved yeah. about a year ago. Yeah. yeah. So I left. This is actually. That, why we started the podcast is because we wanted to have a weekly conversation. We never wanted, cause we'd go weeks without talking. We're like, nah, we can't have this. Right. You know? So like, this is like the best, the best way for us to constantly have a schedule and be like, listen, we're talking no matter what. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so what made you guys decide to move? I just, I honestly couldn't deal with what was going on in the Northeast anymore. Like mm -hmm. the political stuff. And I never, am at, I'm, I'm not really that type of person where I let that type of thing bother me. Mm -hmm. um, but once you bring children into the world, your right. responsibility, very different. Just, uh, the informed consent, the, mm -hmm. you know, the New Jersey trying to get rid of the religious exemptions in school right. for vaccinations. These are, these are major, um, you know, political changes. Right. And policy changes that pushed us to to a brink. I mean, my wife is a nurse. She's mm -hmm. you know, she's clinically trained. I mean, classically trained. Like you know, she's a BSN. Mm -hmm. uh, for for her and I to have these conversations about what we are and aren't going to put in our children's body was the first step. Right. After we agreed on that, the next step was this is not going to be an ideal place to raise children, let alone mm -hmm. three of them. Right. So that was it. Um, I sold, we literally sold everything, every single thing I had, a you know, I had a couple of properties in New Jersey properties that I love that I had sentimental value to, um, that we just made that decision. Like we're not doing this. Like, this is not like our kids are going to come first and we're not going to do this. And, and mm -hmm. North Carolina had, you know, has a lot of really good, um, policies and really good, uh, mm -hmm politics and politicians and I, I like that you know it looks like the the next governor here is actually going to be republican and mm -hmm. there's just a lot to be in here for and we're, we're in the wake county area phenomenal schools mm -hmm. um you know private schools that are still affordable like you know not the harry potter style schools but you know very good schools and they're not I'm, i don't have to worry about what my kids are going to learn in school and come home right. and have these conversations that I'm sorry, like uh, my job is to protect the innocence of my children. I can't have them coming home and, and being confused 
about mm-hmm. what's what anymore. I, I right. just can't do it. And uh, we, we started noticing it, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just with like, you know, they, they see certain things in public and they, they have questions and they don't understand it. And the last thing I want is my kids talking about sexuality. At right. Absolutely. Three and four years old. There's no reason for that. Yeah. They shouldn't, ha- they shouldn't have to ask mm-hmm. Why two boys are kissing. I don't even want them to ask me why a guy and a girl are kissing. They know that biologically. That's what happens. They see mommy and daddy do it. I don't want to have these mm-hmm. conversations. It's not homophobic. It's not transphobic or right. LGQTB phobic. It's what I want for my kids. My job right. is to protect their innocence. It has nothing to do with you. I don't mind whatever your personal beliefs are and what you want to do, but my job is to protect my kids. That's mm-hmm. all. Yeah, and I'm glad to hear you say that as a parent because, you know, some parents, and uh, there's probably going to be some people that are pissed about this, but I'm just, I'm just going to say it like it is. There are some parents that are basically windbags. They'll tell you they're going to fight the good fight, but they won't do anything about it. I, lo- I love that you said that. For anything. Yeah, we I see love that, that you said all that the time. because, because, and I, and I'll give you, I'll just give you a quick story. We put our, um, before we had left New Jersey, we had moved down to Beach Haven, Long Beach Island. It's a beach community. There was a Catholic school uh, that was great for pre-K, okay? Mm-hmm. And we had, my wife had a couple of friends that brought their kids there. They're like, oh, you're going to love it. You know, they don't ask you about their vaccine status. They don't mask. They don't do any of this shit. And we said, oh, okay, this is great. So we signed them up. We, we got them enrolled. They both got in. And uh, it was just about to start, and that's when COVID hit really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And they were going to mask everyone. And we told them, we said, we're not going to put our children in masks. Uh, our, my one son was born at 28 weeks. You know, that was enough for me. Like, right. you know, lungs are undeveloped when you're born at 28 right. weeks. He went through a lot together. It was 61 days in the NICU. This is, this is an uncomfortable decision because we're either going to have to keep our kids home or we're going to fight this. Right. And then my other son, um, when he was born, he had a little hole in his heart. You know, they're both great now. They're perfect. But at the end of the day, these kids already had to fight, you know, when they were when they were babies. Mm-hmm. So we went to a doctor and I'm not going to name any names of the physicians, but we met with the physician. They looked through the medical records and I said, we just don't think it's good for our children to have to wear masks all day. And the mm-hmm. physician agreed with us. She said, I'll write you an exemption. We brought the exemption to school and their first reaction was, "Now nah, this doesn't work. Mm-hmm. The fuck it doesn't. I went to Catholic school my whole life. Same. <laughs> not, mm-hmm. not not only do we have in this state uh, the religious exemption, and we're not going to mask our kids, uh, but we have a we have a medical exemption now. Mm-hmm. I said, if you guys want to make this a big deal, we will we will go to war. I am I am the best person to have on your side. I am the worst person to have against you. Mm-hmm. And I remember and this was about a week before everything started, and uh, on that first day. We dropped our kids off. We brought them in. No masks. You know, out of 120 of these kids, mind you, even those people who my wife knew that had, that were very anti-vax and we're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. My two sons were the only kids at pickup and drop off that day mm-hmm. that were not in a mask. Right. Yeah. Yep. And that, and it literally happens all the time. And it's not just about, you know, the, COVID or the mask or the vaccines or whatever. It is literally anything in everyday life. I am so irritated that these are the books that they're reading to my kindergartner or 
whatever. Okay, go to a school board meeting. I can't do that. Exactly. It might make me look bad. Um, or I might end up on TV and I don't want that. I don't want to be a spectacle. I'll just go along to get along. And those are the kind of people that I think you really have to watch your back from. 100%. Because those are the same people that would turn you over to the Gestapo in a heartbeat. Those well, are, are the same people that called on Anne Frank. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 100%. Honestly, that's what yeah. they were. They were 100%. The and, it's, and it goes beyond even like uh, family aspects, even like single women posting traditional wife stories and saying mm -hmm. like, oh, and they're not doing it in their personal life. I know for a fact they're whoring it up. So it's mm -hmm. like, like, you're posting all these things that like this and that, or even about, let's say like anti-government stuff, right. like you're posting all this anti-Trump, uh, anti-Biden stuff now all of a sudden, but you're not about that. You're still going to go vote Democrat. So 100%. It it's like you're just jumping on the bandwagon because you see it's the thing to do now. It's virtue signaling yep. in reverse, right? Because uh, the left does it, the right does it. And it's like all these people, the same thing, like, you said people that I know don't do these things in their real life would never uh, go to uh, a town hall meeting, would never anything. They're like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to run for office. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to, you know, whatever. And I'm like, go sit in the corner because no, you won't. Yeah. That would be me. I would. I would absolutely run for office. I know I would never get in because I don't sugarcoat shit. Yeah, plus you have to like be in a specific us. county or somewhere. Like there, listen, there are places yep. that you would be able to, but the good part is they're already filled with people just like you. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's the problem. In the, in the uh, country bumpkin area that we live in, I don't have to worry about that because literally everybody around here is like me. Yeah. Right. So yep. that's a good thing. Yeah. It, it's it's amazing how many people don't understand how locally you can make a difference. Mm -hmm. And they think that it's so far-fetched because they have politics like kind of balled up into this thing of what they're seeing on mainstream media and the internet and everything. They don't realize that politics locally, you, you go to a meeting, you have to be heard. They have mm -hmm. to listen to you. And the right. people there are the people that are the fathers of the kids you're going to school with, you know, mm -hmm. and the and the uncles and whatever they've been there. And you have when it's your time to talk, they have no choice but to listen to you. Mm -hmm. And there's Absolutely. there's a lot of differences that can be made cuz if you go to a board meeting, what legend you've been to one, maybe two people are talking, three Agreed. in a town of thousands and you got three people mm -hmm. talking. Yeah. yeah. And listen, if you truly believe, if you truly believe that you cannot make a difference in your town, and this is going to rub a lot of people in New Jersey the wrong way, <laughs> because they're, they're responsible for this. Yeah, but, right. But, Absolutely. But, but watch what the Hasidic Jews do to any county they decide they want to lay claim to, because yep. mm -hmm. they take it over in a matter of two to four years, and they mm -hmm. go wherever they want. And then I see my friend, I'll give you a perfect example, Tom's River, New Jersey. You got a lot of old school Italians, old school Irish people, people that from the old, you know, the old country, people mm -hmm. that uh, first generation here, people that have, you know, family that came here and they landed in Newark, right? Right. They, they live in these, these big expensive houses in Tom's River. And then they sit there and they complain when the Hasidics come in and all of a sudden they're on every single board. They're controlling the DMV. 
Mm -hmm. the, the laws for the school, they're changing everything and they're moving into neighborhoods. They knock on one goddamn door. They say, we'll buy this house cash for two X what it's worth because mm -hmm. once in, they're all coming and they're, and then they're right. going to buy every single one of those houses at 50% off. Right. right. They do it every time, but you know why that happens? Because the other people are too goddamn lazy to go out and fight for mm -hmm. If they, if you let, and listen, this is, I'm not knocking the Hasidics. What they do is very strategic. I don't, right. I don't care what you think about them as people. Like I have my own feelings about how they do things, but at the end of the day, if you like your quality of life and you like where you live, you have to be involved. And mm -hmm. if you're not involved, someone who is involved is going to change your way of life. And it, you don't get mad at them after they do it. Yep. It's funny that you said that because there's a lot of times where it happens. I live in Tennessee. Um, we used to live inside Memphis. We don't anymore. But it's like people will complain and they will have a fit because the neighborhood changed. Um, and, you know, certain elements took over the neighborhood and it went downhill and the housing prices dropped and the neighborhood went to trash. You, you let that in, you voted that in, you allowed that to happen. Exactly. You know, do, do your part, but it's easier for people to sit back and complain than it is to get up and do. 100%. No one ever wants to put in the work in anything. No. You see it all the time. You see it in, mm -hmm. you see it in school, right? You ever done a school right. project? You got five kids. There's two smart kids. The other three jerk off, sit around and do nothing. They get the same grade. Mm -hmm. Those are the same people that wind up in these, in these counties that do absolutely nothing. Well, they you know do, what's funny about there. that? I taught, I taught college after I retired from nursing. I taught college for a while and we would have I, I had to make them, it was part of their school thing where you had to make them do a, a group project and what they would do, one person would do it. They would take it to the copy machine, photocopy it and then give it to everybody. However, um, they would forget to take like the person's name off the top <laughs> And they would pass that out or they would forget a copy and leave it on the coffee machine. And I'd be like, okay, great. Because everybody that just did that, the whole group gets an F because there's no effort from anybody else. Right. Nothing's original. Well, think about it. Even when it comes to politics, people are so politics are so demonized that even mm -hmm. you think I'm not going to vote today, but you don't, you don't, you forget that you're voting for local stuff, board right. members, sheriffs, so you deciding to stay home for a general election is not impacting the presidential election because we know that's a, that's that's fake as fuck, mm -hmm. but it's affecting your local elections a lot. Right. And because they've demonized elections so much, people are like and a lot of people just decide I'm not voting this year. Mm -hmm. And that's where the local guys start getting in and start scheming because they know now, look, we're not going to get the turnout. Mm -hmm. So we can put our guys in. Look, that's how yeah. you got that. What's that? That Frankenstein retard from uh, Pennsylvania. Fetterman? <laughs> Fetterman, bro. Yeah. Holy that, fuck. That guy. Literally. He is a Biden twin. They speak the same. <laughs> Unbelievable. And that's how they got him in. Because you people decided not to vote that day. Let me tell you something. I got a different perspective. And this is, this is to kind of play off kind of how the left and how they play dirty. But as, as anyone voting, right? How can you push a guy through 
who truly deserves to be in some type of rehab facility because he suffered a major stroke. And mm-hmm. to then go and listen, I think Federman was a jerk off before he had a stroke. So like yeah. that's why we're all, we're all we all feel yes, the same way about 100%, it. Hundred percent, yeah. But this is a, like truthfully, let's take out the politics side and the fact that he was a complete momo before he got in. This is a man who suffered a brain injury. Mm-hmm. This man needs help. He shouldn't be up on a stage and being danced around like fucking weekend at Bernie's. Mm-hmm. And it show you that they will do anything, right? Like. You know, I know that we get involved a lot of times in politics, but this is not this is no bullshit. I've talked to a lot of people that are liberals, not just Democrats, liberals. Mm-hmm, right. There's there's something wrong with their base and with their way of thinking. They, it's a they mental just, illness, bro. I don't think they're good people. I don't. I actually don't think they're good people. No. So when mm-hmm. I say I don't be around them, it has nothing to do with the side that you're on. You labeled yourself, which is perfect because now I right. know. There is a good chance that if you believe in these ideologies, you really are just a fucking rotten person. And I think mm-hmm. when we look back on this this era and this time frame, we're all going to realize, wow, the conservatives really were on the right side of history. Mm-hmm. I really believe that. Now, how many people? How many conservatives do you think were bringing their kids to the pride marches this weekend? Uh, nobody. How many do you think? You see, they got well, kids. Well, here's the thing. Seven percent. This is what I don't get. Literally, every state has laws on the books for indecent exposure. That is exactly what happened. And and here's the thing. Um, this is a a blatant um, fetish festival. That's all it is. Um, and you literally see, you know, the, the nudist or uh, the guys in dresses or, you know, whatever. It is all fetished up. That's literally yeah. it all it is. Uh, that doesn't make you transgender. That doesn't make you anything other than just a fetishist. You're just but a fucking they, <laughs> they literally expose themselves yes. to children. Yep. They had They had performers on stages that were... You know, showing their genitals, showing their nut sacks, whatever. Sorry, it was all guys that I saw. Um, but it's like there's laws on the books for indecent exposure with intent. Yeah. You have to have five different criteria met to be charged for it. And these people literally hit every single criteria. Why is nothing being done about that? You, you know what they did, though, this weekend? They fucked up. They fucked up big time. Because all they made us see now is you take away the wigs, mm-hmm. you take away the makeup, you take mm-hmm. away the fun colors, mm-hmm. and you get that guy in the street in a white wife beater and white boxers with his dick swinging mm-hmm. out of his yeah. pants in front of children. Okay? Mm-hmm. Or the now, naked dudes on the now we bicycles. See it. Yeah. Now we yep. see it, though. But now yeah. we see it. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not about the colors and making it fun and playing dress up. Right. There's something wrong with you. You're a, you're a pedophile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's we covered it on our podcast. Like old pride, like if you're from New York, pride parties were like fun. You would go there. It wasn't what you see now. This fetish festival, right? It was like an actual celebration. One weekend, and everybody went. You know, the colors, people performing. You had DJs coming, and you had a there good were straight time. People and, there, there was legitimate straight straight people, people hanging there, out, hanging out was, with their gay friends. It's mm-hmm. all it was. And then now it's become so disgusting. It's so like right. 
so like highly perverse and year after year you see it because i've worked in the city now 20 years and it's gotten just progressively worse and it became like legend size it became so inclusive now like you can't mm -hmm. unless you're a raging lunatic or like a freak or like a pedophile you can't come to this party no more you're not but here's here. but and here's the thing though because like they're indoctrinating kids in college um and even in high yeah. school that you get uh extra credit if you go to these events and so it's not just parents that are taking their kids to these events schools are encouraging of children to go to these events and i'm sorry but um if you uh had a whole bunch of naked people like come into ibm where you work and started twerking and dancing around and doing the helicopter with their dick and stuff <laughs> Would that be acceptable? No, of course not. Of course. So if it's not acceptable, my wife, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> that's different. If it's <laughs> if it's not acceptable in corporate America in a workplace, and it's not something that you would see there every day, why the hell would you see it in schools? Why do parents allow that? It's because the parents are lazy AF. Yeah. Yep. Lazy or sometimes these parents are just. They use their kids as a way for them to say, look how progressive I'm being with my kid. Yes. And they, it's like their little uh, identity with their children. Look, I let I let Mark dress up in a dress today. See what I did? I let him mm -hmm. be inclusive. Oh, it's for show, it. bro. It's, yeah, it's, it's all, all for show. show. They that's, don't why realize... you have, that's why it's so dangerous with allowing these kids to go and do things now without parental consent. Exactly. Like, this, this is all targeted. This whole thing mm -hmm. is targeted. Of course. Right. hundred percent. This all started with, oh, let's get rid of toxic masculinity. Let's get rid mm -hmm. of the white male. It's not even it it was a it was like an attack on white conservative men. Let's get mm -hmm. rid of the white conservative men. Let's really make them feel like shit. And then once you do that, once you demonize the white conservative male, he's out of the picture, right? Because now he can't say anything, can't do anything. Right. Okay. Can't go to school boards because oh, he's just you're just a typical white male. It's so out of touch with everyone. And you're mm -hmm. a conservative. You have no idea what's going on. You get him to the point where he doesn't want to raise his voice because he's afraid he's going to lose his fucking corporate job. Mm -hmm. You now have cre cre created that spearhead. Now everyone's fair games because mm -hmm. we already know the moms. Like I hate to say it, the moms aren't shit if they don't have the support from their husbands. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They raise yeah, serial killers. Not, not. And it right. was the same thing. Listen. Yeah. If, even a man, if a man doesn't have the support from his wife in a, mm -hmm. in a school district, he ain't shit either. He's yeah. not right. able to do Statistically, anything. though, single fathers do, do a lot better than single moms, statistically. Mm -hmm. Yes. But you do need both to have, like, a sane kid. But I think statistically, uh, single moms raise strippers and serial killers. I, think <laughs> I was a single mom for a long time. My daughter's not a... Not well, a there's, there's anomalies <laughs> and there's like unicorns, but I mean, for the most part, they do. You know, but they, you know, raise... I, I was always that mom, though, um, because I was a single mom for such a long time. Um, I was uh, always in her corner. And so, yeah. like, the school called me one time and there was a girl that was bullying her whenever and she shoved her down a flight of stairs um, my daughter got suspended, even though she's the one that got shoved down the stairs. And 
this girl continued to harass and bully her and, you know, try to cut her with a razor and all kinds of stuff. I went because the school wouldn't do anything about it, even though they had a zero tolerance policy. I went to this kid's house and I'm five two, mind you. This dude comes outside, her dad, and he's like six foot seven, and I'm five two, and I'm like looking up at him or whatever, and I'm like up in his face, you know, just going off telling him he better get his child under control, better put her in check because I'm not going to put up with the shit, and the school's not going to do anything, mom will, and he backed off. I guess I had my psycho from hell moment, but the dude backed off and never, ever had another problem with that child ever again. Oh yeah. You never, never mess with a white woman and a kid. Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. I was like, I was crazy. And this, this dude was so huge. And I was like, that you don't even scare me. And he's like, kind of like, you know, put his, put his hand on my head. Like a whack-a-mole. Yeah, he sticks his hands on my head, and I was like, you better get your hand off my head. Yeah, and I, I I don't know. I mean, but you're right. Statistically, the school is going to listen to the man yep. way before they listen to a female. Yeah. 100%. Yep. It's, it's uh, the schooling now, it's like teachers are, like you said, are encouraging people to not even go to their parents or talk mm -hmm. to their parents. Mm -hmm. So even if they have a bullying problem, sometimes you won't even hear about it. They'll go to the school. They won't go to the parents. So the well, school will the, know about this stuff and they won't even report anything. And it's here's, like, I was going to say, here's the thing that's great about that, though. And, and a lot of school psychologists and for those of you who are that are listening, uh, if you're one of these people, shame on you, you should have their license yanked. Um, child abuse cases where kids are going to school and, you know, telling the teacher and then the teacher refers them to the guidance counselor or the school counselor. And so they tell them, you know, mom's burning me with cigarettes or uh, dad's molesting me or, you know, whatever. And then they don't report it to the proper authorities. Yeah, so it continues. These people have these like, nar a lot of these like school counselors have this like narcissistic thing about them where they think that they can solve the problem. Right. And then they become the outlet for the kid. And mm -hmm. some of these people are indoctrinated in the schooling system, you know, hidden little little communists, too. And they mm -hmm. again, that's what you said. Don't worry. You're probably transitioning or don't worry. You're probably this. And then they start mm -hmm. encouraging the kid who's probably being abused to now do their. They, they pretty much create a little minion now. Right. Yeah. You know what I've noticed, too? <clears throat> I have a. Uh, Reef, you you actually know our buddy George is the teacher. He's a gym teacher and you know always you know taught phys ed and whatnot. But they also have certain criteria and they have these these boxes that they check. And there was one thing he shared with me. I'll never forget it, saying that basically problem kids typically have problematic parents. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. So you don't deal with that problem. Mm -hmm. The kid. Are good kids that are usually the victims usually come from a good family, mm -hmm. and those parents are a lot more level-headed, right? This, this is this is what this is what they call it, quote unquote, level-headed or easier to deal with. And then that's mm -hmm. all they do: a little band-aid on it. They contact that parent, you know, they talk a little shit on the side, like this person comes from a very bad household and situation. We're monitoring it, and meanwhile. This poor, your poor kid is the punching bag. 
right. and the victim. And they never even reach out to the other parent because they know they're not going to get anywhere with those mm -hmm. parents. That's exactly what happened with my daughter. It's mm -hmm. fucking crazy because here mm -hmm. we are back to that because eventually you're going to you're eventually what's going to happen is there's going to be certain kids that mess with other kids who have parents that mm -hmm. your kid you know your kid is a good kid but they may have a father in that household that has no problem meeting your child's physicality with mm -hmm. physicality and violence that maybe you're not expecting and mm -hmm. that happens that mm -hmm. definitely happens yeah mm -hmm. i pray to god I'm never in that type of situation. Right. Because it's it's interesting when you're <laughs> when you're when your kids go through the school system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It makes homeschool look really, really good. And <clears throat> if we weren't lucky enough to have the the private school that we have right now, we that would be our next uh so would be our so next would you be the uh homeschool teacher? Um, my wife would do so much better at that. I just yeah. she has so, she has such she has better patience. Pa she has yeah. so many patients. Like her patient, unbelievable. Chris would be like, "Hey, stupid! What I tell you, stupid?" <laughs> I would. I would definitely. Uh, I'd probably be just in in, uh, in charge of you know gym class. We'd have a gym <laughs> class. But I, I would do that. That's about it. Yeah, I can't do it. That would be my wife all day. She's really, really good with the kids, and like you know, she's good at taking her time. And I don't know. I feel like women are just are way better at that type of stuff. You guys that's have because that's the, that is built into our real right. gender. Right. The, nur yeah, the nurturers. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. And it's true. It's true. There's yeah. just certain things. And listen, I, I grew up with a mom that, you know, treated me like gold. We had an unbelievable bond and I have that with my kids and, you know, I'm very nurturing with them, but there's just certain levels of it. I just mm -hmm. can't reach her level of yeah. nurturing and patience she just it's different you guys are built you guys are just built different than yeah us. it's and it takes i'm telling you what especially um more so with girls when when they get that uh puberty stage and the hormones you gotta pray for a lot of patience even if you're a mom <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. yeah there was there was a period of time like two years and I'm a very patient person and I'm very calm and very chill. And the, it like two year period, I was like praying for patience all the time because I was like, literally one of us is not going to make it out alive. <laughs> Honest to God. Yeah. No matter like, how much you love your kids when they get to that stage and they like I, flip from sweet angel to like Satan overnight. Mm -hmm. I yeah. was dating a single mom who had a teenage daughter and she was just in constant, like, it mm -hmm. was constant feral mode. And every yeah. time I talk to her, she's like, my, my kid's driving me nuts. And she's yelling at me. I'm like, whoa, let's take yeah. it easy. That was, that was her outlet. She was trying to get it out. It's like when I met my husband, that we were going through that <clears throat> hormonal stage at the time. And he's like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I don't know if I want to take this on. And thank goodness it didn't last that long. But yeah, thank goodness for his patience as well. That's what I pray for now, patience. I've been getting better recently, though, with patience. Mm -hmm. I've been holding back when somebody says something stupid just to point it out. Because uh -huh. <laughs> I'm the, I'm the legend will tell you, if you say something stupid, I, I don't know if it's the autism I have or what it is. It's just I can't it's just I can't bite my tongue. I just can't do it. 
And I'll no. be like, oh, just to come back on what you said before. But do you know what? That's why I love you. And that's one of the things that I have always loved about you because, and it's funny um, how we met like in, in the chat way back then. And it was like this, these girls would message me and they'd be like, oh my God, like he's being so mean to me. You don't even know. And of course, I'm a moderator in the chat, and so I'm reading the chat, going, "Okay, like he yeah. didn't say anything that was offensive to me at all." I would just I think with you're that. I think you're just taking it of, as offensive because you're a little emotional, you know. And it was like, "Oh, oh my God!" Like he was so mean. Yeah, you can't be mean. That's it. But that was a that was it wasn't mean though. though. It was it was ne any nothing you ever said was mean. No, never. It was just straightforward. Mm -hmm. I think remember that chat was interesting because you did have a lot of the fake conservatives there too. Mm -hmm. A lot of the people pretending to be right. like uh conservative or red pilled. And as mm -hmm. we were sharing information, they were trying to they were playing the role. And as we mm -hmm. found out, a lot of those people were like actual ops and people working for other 100%. companies to shut down hmm, that, 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 that write uh, shitty articles about people. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, legend, we were part of this. Tommy G, remember I told you about Tommy G? We were part of this Discord chat, 4D chat. And this was like right before the elections and everything. It was a great chat. And we were talking to like five in the morning on voice mm -hmm. chat yeah. like all night. We were talking to hundreds of people. And uh, people were just like, it was just. It was like a lot of the people you saw like in the face front, a lot of people faking who they were. A lot fed of boys in the building. Bro, a lot of fed mm -hmm. boys. You know, you see a lot of people mm -hmm. became famous from that chat for a little while. A lot of people gained some attention from that chat. A lot of grifters stealing other mm -hmm. people's information, pretending to be other people. Mm -hmm. It was pretty wild what came out of there. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 That And that was um, an interesting experience for me because – Thankfully, that's where I got to meet you. And and I've met some other people like in real life, you know, that that were in there. But for the most part, that really pulled out like who the fake people were, who who uh, weren't who they said they were. And, you know, um, hello, fed women that were also in that chat. Yeah, the hot ones. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. May still be around in circles today. It's still posting anyway. the same things. Mm -hmm. yep, yeah, I see them. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but that was that was like um, I'm very thankful for that time though because I always quite enjoyed having chit chats with you and you know. Well, that's what we're hoping to build it at the Haram Life right now, like a community mm -hmm. like that. Don't wanted... do Discord though, because I'm banned for life after that. <laughs> we have a Discord. We haven't invited anybody yet. We, we're probably going to stick to locals and maybe Patreon. Mm -hmm. But other than that, like that's that's what we want. We want to have that community aspect. We invite all our fans to come on StreamYard with us. They can join us whenever they want. If you notice, mm -hmm. we have, we've had some, we've had family friends that nobody's ever heard of. We've had OnlyFans chicks. We've had Hotep Jesus. We've had Juan. We had a, a whole range of different people on our podcast because that's what we want. Mm -hmm. we want any, if you want a voice, we actually, if you don't, if you disagree with us, we'll bump the guests for you to come on. Mm -hmm. So if you disagree with anything you say, we'll deal with you first. Then we'll go to our guests. But we want you to be heard. We don't. We have no problem with listening to anybody. Yeah, right. I agree. Come on. Come on down. Come on. Come on down. So where say? where do you guys want to like take things outside of of that? Like what what is your vision for the future? 
look like for our podcast. Mm-hmm. Wait, Legend, you want to take it away? No, nah, man, I'm just here for I the know. ride. That's yeah. it. That's <laughs> it. We're here. Like, wherever, wherever a reef wants to go, I want to go. We're we're here <laughs> to just keep making content. And if it grows, we love it. And we, we seem to be growing steadily every month. So, mm-hmm. And our vision is just to have, again, a place where we eventually do live podcasts live with each other once a month and record a bunch of podcasts and have friends come right. in and just right. keep introducing our circle to more people and kind of like solidify that circle that we've created. Because right. things are going to get worse out there for everybody listening, if you don't know. So you got to start building your tribe because shit's going to go down real soon and real quick. And if you don't mm-hmm. have the people that you can create a little economy with and barter and be close with, you're going to be fucked. So right. that's what we're trying to do here. Yeah. yeah. And for anybody that uh, is in my area, um, I can feed you <laughs> <laughs> and uh, build stuff and make things. And that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. I have the gift bring, of gab and I can build. Just bring a skill. That's, it. that's, that's what. Yeah. so funny because people talk about that all the time. Like if you were to start a community, like what would you do? And so we were having this discussion at home the other day and my husband's like, well, I know what your skills are. He's like, I can show up <laughs> and do whatever you tell me. <laughs> Everybody needs a leader. Perfect. <laughs> it's very true. Yeah. We're, we're very happy with what, what we've been accomplishing Two meatheads that don't know nothing. We started with like what? $10 mics at first. And then we just slowly I think my mic figured stole it 10 out. Bucks, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've been figuring out ever since. So yeah, it's so had, fun, though, like being able to talk to so many different people in in so many different, you know, areas. Have you got to talk to people like from other countries yet? Oh yeah, yeah, Australia. Mm-hmm. We've had, you know, we've had people all over this country. I think so we got it, someone coming on Wednesday night from uh, Canada. I don't know if you saw the uh, chat. The, yeah, yeah, uh, sassy salvager. Yeah, mm-hmm. we had a. <laughs> yeah, I have a them. I have a lot of Canadian friends, and I I think the hardest one I did I think was Australia because the time difference was so yeah. awful, and I had to get up, and it was like four o'clock my time in the morning. <laughs> I don't function well. <laughs> at yeah, that I think time. It's like 14, what is it like? Fourteen hours the next yeah. day. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, oh, that's that was like a. That was really difficult, but it's so um, interesting to talk to people like from all over and, and see like what's happening in, you know, in their area and like 15 minute cities and, you know, all the other things that are going on in their area. So it's funny, though, no matter where you go, it's the same. Everybody's thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody has the same problem, same thing. They look at it, other countries look at America as a joke right now when we talk. Oh, about I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and stuff. it pains me to say that, bro, but we we kind of are. Yeah. yeah. Honestly. Yeah. We look like yeah. a bunch of jadrules. It's ridiculous. Yeah. We, yeah. we do. We do. And, you know, people always make fun of Canadians for being like, um, go along to get along kind of people. We literally do the same thing here because nobody fights back. Yep. On, on anything and it's like very very few people do and then if you do of course a lot of people don't want to fight back because they label you as a conspiracy theorist or anti-vaxxer or anti-science you know whatever yeah. label they want to put slap on you and i'm like i'll take them all i don't mind yeah. i will say i truly and i couldn't agree more but i i really i'm very hopeful that i think we're going to see 
the tide completely shift. We're going to see mm-hmm. a 180 in these next two years. I think mm-hmm. you're going to see, you know, I, I know we all think shit is going to hit the fan. Right. But I just, I don't know why, but I just feel it in my gut that this is going to turn 180 into our favor and something is going to change and it, it's going to be good for, for people that think like us. I truly, I, you know, I agree with that. And, and I think too, people are always concerned about uh, the amount of people that aren't like awake to things that are happening yet or paying attention to things that are happening, but that's not their job on this timeline. It's our job to be prepared to help those people when they do see. Yeah. yeah they got to want to see it. They got to want to see it because I've given up on trying to convince people. Yeah, you at this can. point, you got to want to see it. You got to want the information. You got to want to do something about it because mm-hmm. the days of helping people out is like gone. It's too and much. I, listen, I, I am seeing it. I have more people in my network that have reached out for my opinion on stuff than ever before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's how I, that's why I feel as good as I do about things changing. And these are right. people. These are people that really don't even claim political parties. They're just like kind of moseying along, like just mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, you want me right. to go into a submarine to go see the Titanic? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And and now they're starting to ask questions. And the fact that they're coming to ask me, that mm-hmm. I, I feel good about that. Yeah. And see, that's why I said that I think that's our job. It's not to educate people anymore. It's to be there to be prepared when people do come. So. Yeah. When, when you start asking questions, <laughs> when you start asking questions, uh, I'm, I'm here with some answers the best mm-hmm. I can. Yeah. And I'm like the little miniature Buddha. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll reply in a riddle. <laughs> no, you're not. You're George Costanza. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, looks like Buddha too. <laughs> nice. Whenever you have a question for me, I go, he who holds truth holds no boundary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you float while you're yeah. doing it? Oh yeah, that's how it looks like. You got this orange aura about me. <laughs> I need those, video. Those who fart in church sit in on pew. <laughs> that was a good one. I love uh, that yeah, one. that was perfect. Yeah. So tell everybody like where they can find you guys and promote your stuff well you can find us at the haramlife.com the haramlife.com and we're live on youtube every wednesday night 9 p.m come join us talk to us come in the chat kick it you can jump on too if you want to we'll throw you on the stream too so that's the haramlife.com and follow us on twitter the haramlife the haramlife podcast on instagram uh i'm the haramlife on twitter and legend uh, Haram uh, Legend 681 Haram Legend 681 and uh, that's on Twitter and Legend 681 on Instagram uh, the website like Reef said theharamlife.com which also just has our brand new shirts that just dropped um, and if you get a chance go on support us we actually we had them what a month ago and we yeah. sold a, we sold 100 shirts in literally three days so nice. appreciate our friends and you know family that jumped in on that. But uh, yeah, shirts are there. Pretty dope. And uh, this was fun. Yeah. I appreciate time. you guys coming on. And Legend, it was such a pleasure to meet you. Likewise. Loved and, it. And Reef, it's always so fun to talk 
to you. And I'm going to come on your show sometime. I'm going to a while. jump on gave us the cold shoulder. I don't know. We got the cold I, shoulder. <laughs> I did not give you the cold shoulder. I have had some Like stuff. every woman in my life. I have had some ready stuff. To come over and then all of a sudden ah, I can't come Hey, over. what would you do if I showed up on your doorstep one of these days? Oh, he's... Come on in. Wow. Cold shoulders to warm laps. Nice. It seems like toxic masculinity does work. (laughs) I'm going to bring some dollar bills. So, listeners, please go like, subscribe, comment, share, download, buy their merch, get on their website. Make sure that you uh, follow these gentlemen on all of their social media. Because they are fabulous. They are awesome. And if you have not listened to your sh- their show yet, you will absolutely love it. Because it's hysterical. And it is just like sitting there having a chit-chat in your living room with good friends. So I highly recommend that you go and listen. Mm-hmm. I do too. Get on board. Get on, boys. That's right. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another episode. And we will see you next time. Have a good one.